You're listening to episode 39 of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, Natural PTSD Solutions, with guest Matt Hollow. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419, with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything, mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Array of specialties, including child-focused play therapy, severe mental illness, domestic violence, offenders and victims, substance abuse and addiction, and trauma, including veterans with PTSD. Matt's specialty is emotional freedom techniques, which combines an evidence-based combination of acupressure point tapping with neuro-linguistic programming to equip the user with an effective tool that can help bring calm and peace to one's life in the face of fear, addiction, trauma, anxiety, and more. He provides dynamic, interactive group demonstrations, individual sessions, and classes that leave people of all ages equipped to begin using this technique at home. I also want to mention that Matt is our permanent sponsor of this podcast, so if you'd like to check him out, you can go to www.matthollow.com. So thank you for that, Matt. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm enjoying the spring-like spring weather. Yeah. Today was almost like summer. It was hot. It was hot. Yeah, it was great. So, tell us, how are you thriving in the 419? Oh, you're going to ask me that now? Oh. Yeah. Um, I've been thriving by going for daily walks, and that's been really great. I try to go on my lunch break, and if I get an opportunity... Later in the day, I either go for a second walk or um, take the take our our children for a bike ride. But that's definitely been helping me thrive in the four one nine lately. Awesome. So we're talking about PTSD, and um, let's make sure that everyone knows what we're talking about. So, what does PTSD stand for, and what is it? So PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which is in the category, it's, it's considered an anxiety disorder. Um, in the new DSM-5, it is uh, under the uh, subheading of trauma and stressor-related disorders. Um, so there's, there's a number of criteria that goes into the diagnosis of PTSD. Um, We do tend to think of it when we think about uh, veterans who've been in combat, Um, but there are a number of people and situations that can have PTSD and and situations that can contribute to that. Um, So um, just some of the the main uh, issues or uh, criteria of PTSD um, can include exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury or sexual violence, Um, either through directly experiencing it, witnessing it um, as it occurred to other people, um, learning about a traumatic event um, from a a friend or family member, uh, experiencing exposure to it, like being a first responder. um, That's that's a big way that people can be exposed to it. Um, 
some people can even be exposed to it by experiencing it through the media. Um, so and that's something that kind of changed in the newer DSM. It used to be you had to experience it directly. Now it's something that you can experience secondarily. What's the D- DSM for the, people who are not familiar with that? The DSM is, stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of uh, Psychiatry. Um, we're in the fifth edition of that. Um, it's generally considered the... Uh, Bible for mental health professionals um, and has a num- has the, the various mental health issues and the criteria for those and also the some of the treatment and, and the coding and all the of coding that. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot there can there's a lot of controversy about the DSM which is outside of the scope of today's podcast but um, some people say it's it's pretty flawed or that there's too much influence by the pharmaceutical companies but um, in general it's the thing that we use to uh, classify people into various uh, put, disorders to put people into boxes. we put people into boxes <laughs> I guess right. the way I look at it is for me I you are not that disorder if, if I'm treating you the purpose of me giving a diagnosis is is a couple reasons one for for treatment planning so that we can have we know what we're looking at we can adequately treatment plan the issue and and come up with goals um on on another front um kind of a necessary evil for a lot of people is uh, being able to bill insurance if you you have to have appropriate coding and diagnosis for billing insurance um so back to ptsd um the first part of that is is the actual experience of some sort of a traumatic event and those can be large or small, um, there's no one thing that has to be considered a traumatic event. Um, another uh, subset is um, the presence of one or more um, intrusive symptoms that started happening after the traumatic event. So that could be um, involuntary, intrusive, distressing memories of the event, um, it can be distressing dreams, um, which the content is, is part of that. Um, some people will have dissociative reactions, which would mean we uh, lose time or we all of a sudden are back in that situation. Um, it's more commonly known as flashbacks. Um, sometimes people are just completely aware of what's going on. Like uh, uh, they just wake up and they're like, what is going on? They're back in the traumatic situation. Hmm. Um they I can thought also, that only happened in the movies. That really happens? No, it can really happen. Um, there are people who, for example, like 4th of July can be a big trigger for people where they can feel like they're back in like a combat situation. Um, that kind of goes into another, another uh, subset of symptoms that people can have. Um, but people can have like very like psycho- prolonged psychological distress when they're exposed to things that are either external like outside of us or internal meaning like a memory or something that we're experiencing Mm -hmm. and um, another part of this can be avoidant symptoms so we tend to avoid certain things that may remind us of the event so it could be avoiding memories thoughts feelings Um, it could be external reminders like certain people can be triggers um, smells um, textures certain kinds of food music um, there's there's a whole host of things that can be considered um, 
uh, like triggering um, events that we may try to avoid. Um, okay, so what age would this affect? Sure. Um, it can it can affect people. I mean, basically from from birth until death. I mean, it it, it affects people throughout the the life cycle. So. And you would diagnose. I mean, could you diagnose a baby with PTSD? Is that done? Um, I think. I think it could be done. Uh, I mean, there are some some sub-criteria specific to children when we're looking at PTSD because it, it may show up a little bit differently in kids um, just because of where they're at developmentally. Mm. Um, but you may see still see a lot of avoidance symptoms. Um, with kids, you may see more physiological symptoms like, um, like stomach pains and, um, you know, like... Uh, frequent headaches and, and aches and pains and things like that um, because they're they're internalizing it more physically than than maybe uh, they're, they're not really expressing as much um, th- there can also be some other things some people will have amnesia around the, the event they may not be able to remember it or they may remember the event like like it's just happening like it just happened um, and they can have a lot of uh, thought distortions about it um, they can have a lot of blaming of themselves. Um, th- there can be, um, uh, what is it, th- when uh, survival guilt is, is one that can happen. Oh, okay. And, and sometimes you can have other th- things that um, go along with symptoms of like depression, like pulling away from people, um, not having an interest in things. Um, it, it can really uh-huh. affect people in their relationships with other people. Um, they can be very irritable, reckless, um, vigilant, um, vigilant being like every, all their, their, um, their, uh, uh, what they hear, what they see is, is like exaggerated. So you could be sleeping and you hear every little sound that is made. Mm-hmm. Um, people can startle very easily. Hmm. Um, I had the same thing happening one time when I was taking a prescription drug. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, it like PTSD, but it was just it was a drug that didn't right. me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's weird. So how do you know if you have PTSD, and what if you think you have it? Well, what do you do? I would say it's 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 good to be be wary of like Doctor Google. <laughs> um, I generally right. PTSD should be diagnosed by either a mental health professional. Or uh, even like a primary care physician could could diagnose it if they're astute at that. Um, Are most primary care providers really open to the challenge of that? Uh, I don't know. Trained I mean, do in they, that? Yeah. Are they trained where you, if you, okay, this is my question. Let's say you have a patient who comes to you and says they've already been diagnosed with PTSD by mm-hmm. their primary care do you examine the criteria with them again just to double check that? I mean, are um, you are you often questioning whether or not that diagnosis is correct? PTSD is one where um I I might dig a little bit just to kind of see, especially if I'm I'm meeting somebody for the first time, you know, I want to I want to give them a safe space to be able to talk about these things, so I'm not going to be like skeptical, but I may want to just kind of clarify a few things like, 
um, I, I might not want to know every single detail about what their trauma is, but um, just having some idea that you know that they've experienced something. I I'm I'm not one to to believe that people are are going to make up stuff like that because they're it's so disruptive to our life that there's there's not a lot of great reason to do that because it, mm-hmm. it, it takes so much energy to deal with something like this. But I may just kind of go over a few things. Like I, I might have a checklist in my head of things I might look at. Like I may just be thinking about like what are some avoidance symptoms they might have? What are some um, intrusive symptoms they might have? Are they having anxiety, panic attacks, flashbacks, nightmares at night, um, things like that. So so I might just kind of go over that in my head and 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 then be like, yeah, okay, that that sounds that sounds right. I would like to talk about some treatments for PTSD, which is essentially, would you say, a severe form of anxiety or depression? It, it can be both. Um, I, I mean, we can see a lot of. Um, what we would say comorbidity with depression and anxiety. Um, but you can also see a lot of things like you might, you might see substance abuse or alcoholism that is right alongside that as, as a coping mechanism. So um, we want to create new coping mechanisms. Right. Cause you don't want to take away somebody's ability to numb the pain Right. And leave them with nothing. It, there, right? Right. There's a reason for that. So, you know, there's a reason that they're self-medicating. Um, so definitely you want to create a create a therapeutic relationship where, one, they, that they can trust you. Because if they've had, you know, various types of trauma like sexual violence or abuse or domestic violence, you have to, you have to be very careful not to re-traumatize or re-trigger that person to go back even farther down into that kind of trauma spiral. So Right. So I want to ask you what you think about these suggestions. This is from the Depression Cure book. It's a six-step program to beat depression without drugs by Stephen S. Ilardi, Ph.D. Um, He has a TLC protocol and this is basically for depression but I think it might apply to PTSD he suggests supplements and I know that you've done a little bit of extra I don't know study on Mm -hmm. nutrition recently and things like that so he's suggesting an Mm omega-3 vitamin D multivitamin vitamin C and evening primrose oil which is a um gamma linoleic acid i believe um what do you think about those things are those is that something that people should try on their own that they should get help with i would say you know certainly consult um your your providers that you're working with hey tribe i wanted to pop in and tell you about our newest sponsor health coach stacy stevens from episode 17 she is ready to take on new clients this year 
Are you struggling with fatigue, weight gain, or having trouble sleeping? Have you recently been diagnosed with a health condition and want to start eating better? Maybe you exercise already and feel great, but know you could up your game when it comes to food choices. Uh, Stacy is your person. Stacy has supported people with digestive conditions such as celiac, IBS, Crohn's. She's helped inflammatory conditions such as psoriasis, arthritis, and fibromyalgia. She's worked with thyroid and other hormone issues. She's worked with mental health issues such as depression and ADHD. These things are all impacted by what we eat. And that's what Stacy focuses in on. So learn how to give your body what it needs to thrive by working with Stacy. She is offering a special price for our listeners. And that is three sessions for only $199. This is a three-month commitment to you and your health. You get an introductory session, which is where you tell your story, you talk about what your lifestyle is, your goals, what your diet is, um, your health conditions. And you guys, I know Stacy is a very detailed Um, detail-oriented person and very caring person and she is a listener so she will listen to your story and your needs and come up with a unique um, support system for you the right kind of education and everything you need to help reach your goals after that intro session you get two follow-up sessions which can take place in person or over the phone and those happen monthly she checks in with you Uh, mid-month to make sure your questions are answered and um, that you're making progress towards your goals. Now, Stacy has studied with one of the top nutritionists in the country and will pass along her solid education to you in her coaching. In addition to education and support, you'll receive resources, recipes, and handouts to support you in your unique needs. And as her friend, I've even received some of these resources and uh, they're pretty good. So I think you'll like Stacy. Now, she is taking new coaching clients, and the way that you can get a hold of her is to um, go to her website, and you can actually set up a free 15-minute consultation to see if you and she are a good fit for coaching. Her website is www.eatforhealthwithme.com. That's the word eat, the letter for, healthwithme.com. And I highly encourage you to contact her and ask about this offer. If you have a friend or family member that could use this kind of support, please let them know about this special too. Now, back to our conversation. Um, But I generally, I would say, you know, vitamin D can be very good for mood. Um, Omega-3s as well. Um, that's, That's actually been picking up a lot of steam, people using higher doses of uh, Omega threes to to deal with everything from anxiety to depression. Yeah, um, he bipolar, says so. try starting at a total omega three dosage of one thousand milligrams of EPA mm-hmm. and five hundred milligrams of DHA each right. day. Yeah, and and some of the trainings that I've done recently, both in psychopharmacology and just natural like nutritional interventions, those I mean vitamin D. Uh, omega-3s are, are big, big ones in there. Um, evening primrose, I, I hadn't really seen in that type of a That's setting, but that makes sense. That's actually something that I take right. certain time of the month, right. and it really helps me. Not just with my mood, but with sleep and um, 
I don't know. It, it my body feels better. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I feel a little bit less achy, a little bit less cranky, sure. grouchy. Well, that would make a lot of sense with PTSD because so many people are, I mean, their their trauma is also in their body and they tend to be very tense. So it would make a lot of sense to have su- to supplement with things that are going to help us to relax a little bit and feel feel better that way. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's certainly a good place to start. Um, mm-hmm. If I if I were going to go down that that road. Certainly. How about exercise? He yes. recommends that too. What would you recommend to somebody who has just been diagnosed with PTSD as far as exercise? Um, I would say kind of start start where you're at. If, if you've already been exercising, then you know maintain that. If you haven't exercised and you don't know how long, I would just kind of start small you know don't try to go overboard with it um you know if it's just if it's just walking between your house and the mailbox then do that if it means going around the block that's that's good as well um but just basically developing a you know a regular plan of movement i think is really good whether that's yoga whether that's walking running um whatever whatever works for you with where you're at there are some new studies showing that only 10 minutes of physical activity a day, you have to do it every day, mm-hmm. um, really can impact your level of happiness. Oh, yeah. Which is so, it's such a small amount of time, 10 minutes. We can all find 10 minutes to go for a little walk or mm-hmm. turn on, I turn on Amazon Prime and do a little bit of yoga. Right. You know, there are really short, there's apps for your phone now where you can do a, a yoga routine in 10 minutes or some kind of workout mm-hmm. zumba or dance or pilates or payo or all these different like body weight resistance kind of things right. that are really short and if you could work that in that seems like just about everybody could do some form mm-hmm. of movement for 10 minutes right even if you have even physical if you're limitations sitting in a chair, you can still move right if if you have physical limitations and you you know maybe you need something like chair assisted yoga or you know even doing some some hand and arm stretching or you know bending over if you can do that I, that's that's better than nothing and most of my clients that have that exercise or move regularly they notice a big difference in their mood and and it's I mean we we call it a natural antidepressant um, it's just one of the best things you can do getting a little windy in the studio here we had to close a window it's uh looking like it might rain or thunderstorm okay so steven Elardi, phd also recommends light he said um i'm trying to find the spot but he, he says if you're gonna use a light box for your bright light exposure um you can do that but of course sunlight is good and light is also most of us know now that sunlight is linked to vitamin d which in northwest ohio we have a pretty prevalent issue with vitamin d levels Mm -hmm. on the regular like that's a pretty common thing to be on the low side 
And even if you're testing within normal limits, if you're at the lower end of that normal limit, there are two things I know about this. <laughs> First of all, I think they're going to increase the recommended um, blood volume of vitamin D or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever that's called um, in the future. But also, if you're on the lower side, like my our naturopathic doctor and my nurse practitioner have both told me, who is conventional, have both told me that I should shoot for the upper end of the vitamin D recommended level. Mm -hmm. And I'm always on the low end, if not below it. I know our daughter has been below it. Um, and I really believe it's due to lack of sunlight. I mean, we just got done with an almost seven month long winter. <laughs> Yeah, it's been pretty long. And um, I don't know. I, I feel better when I'm out in the sunlight. There's lots and lots of studies out there about sunlight, but we all know we, we feel a little bit better when we get sunlight every day. Is that your recommendation as well? How do you feel about um, yeah, that? I, I, would, I would say definitely. And the, the tricky thing with, you know, the symptoms of PTSD is there can with the avoidance symptoms people often will kind of shut themselves off oh. shut themselves in their home um, sure, really limit sense. limit their outside exposure to people experiences even going out in the Sun um, can be very challenging for some people so um, I would certainly recommend it and, and it, again it might be one of those things where you have to start with maybe encouraging that they spend five minutes outside every day and then increasing that just a little bit as they feel comfortable. Because one of the things that, you know, with, with PTSD, one of the common treatments, and you may get to this in a minute, is, is exposure therapy. Oh. Um, and, and part of exposure therapy is sometimes slowly exposing yourself to something that might be a, a trigger so that's that's why sometimes you have to kind of work up to things uh, when you're when you're working with PTSD okay so how about social support um, what do you recommend for people is there any kind of veteran support groups in Northwest Ohio that you're aware of or PTSD support groups, anything like that? I know we definitely have addictions right. support groups. If there are, I'm not I'm not directly familiar with them, but that's a that's a good thing, a good resource to research um, because we do have a lot of veterans in our area, um, and I I definitely want to know that information for myself to be able to pass that on to people. I would hope that there would be such yeah, a we'll thing. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Um, one one of the challenges, especially with veterans with PTSD, is that there's there the way that they're trained is you know you don't show weakness you don't show that you're having a problem and and often mm -hmm. they will deny symptoms of PTSD um, because it also can affect their um, their status in the military um, and whether their benefits and and whether or not they're able to be active duty or even um, you know all of that so um, so a lot of times they do tend to avoid situations like that. Okay. And then sleep. Mm -hmm. What about sleep? 
do people with PTSD often complain of having trouble sleeping? I know you mentioned a little bit about like nightmares and yeah, um, we we see a lot like of a lot of disrupted sleep. Um, so we yeah that that's when when we're like in our clinic that's one of the first things we try to address is is things that can help people sleep better um and and that sleep hygiene right sleep hygiene sleep huge. hygiene is yeah and it, you can google it if you don't know what it is or look on pinterest mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things on there for sleep hygiene and i'll tell you what you guys i used to be a terrible sleeper and I started practicing some sleep hygiene habits, which weren't really that hard to implement. And I am sleeping so much better than I used mm-hmm. to. So much better. I know that what I eat also has to do with it, but I really believe that I, I used to have to take um, doxylamine mm-hmm. every night, which is like uh, Unisom. Unisom. Um, but I didn't like the. <laughs> the way it made me feel but i couldn't take it i mm-hmm. mean i just i mean i had to take it because i couldn't sleep without it right so now i don't take doxylamine anymore and i had been taking that for years so mm-hmm. yeah you guys look up sleep hygiene it's it's really really helpful and yeah. i think i didn't have to implement they there's lots and lots and lots of suggestions but i just implemented like let me think the blue like avoiding blue screens at night um exercising right before bed which i used to do and it would get me so amped up and then um you know watching what i eat Mm -hmm. you know kind of cleaning up my diet but there are many many things you can do also trying to get up and go to sleep at the same time but we don't have time to go into that i think the biggest ones that i suggest to my clients are are um avoiding nicotine and caffeine uh within hours before bed I think those, oh, are, those yeah. are big ones. Yeah, and, nicotine and, too. Huh? Oh yeah, nicotine because it's a stimulant, and and unfortunately, a lot of uh, people I work with with PTSD are, are may be using cigarettes to to medicate symptoms. Ah, that makes sense. So that's about all I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Let's talk about kids too, because I think a lot of these strategies could be applied to kids i know that there are parents out there who are struggling with kids with um, pretty bad anxiety or that have experienced trauma some kids that have been in the foster system or adopted or experienced abuse right um how would you suggest that parents put some of this into play well and i think the other thing that you may see too with kids is is um behavioral issues um acting out things like that um so it may look a little different than with our adults but um as far as things that you could do um i think i do think regulating sleep i think um if you know that there's something going on with your child or that they experience some sort of trauma i mean i think that's really important to validate that to be aware of what you know what they've been through and say yes you know you if they if they're able to talk about it definitely you know share with them and talk to them about it especially if they're wanting to um other things that that you can do um you know play therapy is something that with with younger kids especially if there's they're not quite verbal or they're just starting to be um play therapy is a big thing that they're kind of working through their um 
their trauma their the play their play is their work so um, that's that's a big one that we'll use um, in therapy um, sand tray therapy that those sorts of things and um, you know of course uh, you know me using using tapping uh, with right. with kids and um, and that's been really cool to see how especially things like nightmares and things like that how that can help them to um, feel a lot better. Our and own child relaxed. earned a guinea pig using EFT to achieve her goal, and she mm-hmm. is our guinea pig at times, <laughs> trying EFT on her for different right. things, which is encouraging because a lot of times it works. And the other day, she got up and was getting ready for the day, and she said, Mommy, I had a nightmare again, and she hasn't had one for a while because you've been doing EFT for her on these And I said, oh, well, what do you think about that? And she said, I think Daddy needs to do some more EFT for me because that helped before. Mm -hmm. I think we just need to do some more. So it made me feel good knowing that it was helping her with that. And I don't know, we don't really know what the trigger is for her Mm -hmm. nightmares, do we? I think, well... Sound? I think the... Strange sounds outside? I think with the addition of the guinea pig was the addition of sounds in her room that she wasn't used to because he he's nocturnal so he's up during the night scratching around and running around i think the first few nights that kind of freaked her out because she wasn't used to that kind of sound in there yeah but it seems like she she appreciates the eft yeah she does and now she pretty much asks for it as a part of her her sleep hygiene Oh. So, um, yeah, so, you're, you're the bedtime buddy. Right. So, I mean, that's definitely one, um, if I'm doing therapy with people, um, I'm, I'm introducing EFT at some point of that. And, and of course I want to make sure people are comfortable with that. And I, I'm also very careful because if, you know, I don't try to go right at trauma, right at traumatic events and experiences. I try to get people to be comfortable with using it first for little things and more general things, um, there's within EFT there's a number of gentle techniques that, such as a tearless trauma technique. There's a movie technique and a tell the story technique that we use to be able to get at trauma and work with people so that it's it's not so uh, triggering. It's not it's not putting them right back in the situation. Um, we yeah. we don't we don't want to be the reason that people are continuing to experience traumatic symptoms but um, there's been a lot of promise in some in the research that's been done with PTSD and and using tapping so I'm really excited about that with people yeah I think what hasn't the majority of research been done in uh, PTSD so far that's I mean, one they've of the tested biggest it on lots of things but yeah. that's one of the biggest areas that they've tested right yeah it, it sure I, good results yeah and in fact um this past fall they just started the the va um for the first time is allowing uh eft and uh, some other alternative uh, and complementary and alternative medicine techniques to be used there which um that's been a long uphill fight so um Mm. that's i think that's going to open the door for it to be even more commonplace Mm -hmm. um so I'm, i'm looking forward to that and and for people that have served our country and and are struggling um i think they need to have the opportunity to be uh, to have such a awesome treatment right 
Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground in mm-hmm. a half an hour. So I just want to I just want to finish up by saying, if you think you have um, PTSD or you know you've been through some traumatic things, um, definitely reach out to a mental health uh, provider. Um, it's not something you want to suffer with on your own. I know and you don't want to try to treat it by yourself. Right. I mean, Although people like you can give can teach tools that you right. can take home to cope with things, sure, but absolutely. you're coaching them along yeah, it, to make sure that they're not, yeah. that nothing bad happens. Because right. we know that there are many people with PTSD that have committed suicide or been violent with others. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and it's, and it is one of those things where uh, shame can be a big part of, of PTSD. So people don't always want to reach out and, and, you know, open up about that because it's opening up a wound. And so I, I just want to say that, you know, when you're ready, that there is help out there. And, you know, if that, if that is, you know, if it is with me, that's cool. You can definitely contact me. No, don't want to, feels weird to promote myself in this, you know, when I'm talking about this. No, I but, think you totally should because this is something that you have a lot of background in. Right. And... I know that there are many people out there, not just veterans, but people of mm-hmm. all ages, um, that we, yeah. suffer with trauma. Right. And have family members who have suffered with trauma, and they, and those, you know, either the parent or the, the sister or brother, whoever it is, mm-hmm. the wife, um, can kind of be traumatized by something that sure. happened to somebody else, you know? Yeah, secondary trauma is a big thing, and, and it can be a big thing in uh, with mental health providers themselves. Um, yeah. And But certainly um, secondary trauma can happen with people who are living with people who have experienced trauma. So, or witnessed it, like right. you said before. Absolutely. So, so, so I guess I just want to say... Who hasn't experienced trauma yeah. in their life, really? I well, mean, and, you know, I know we're running long, but that part about the social aspect i mean that's that's actually one of the things that tends to help people um not develop ptsd is is kind of a shared experience when people are have feel like they're they're they've shared that experience they tend to develop fewer of the symptoms but when they're isolated or they don't feel like anybody has heard them or been with them they they tend to develop more complex symptoms interesting so, community yeah. is such an important thing. It is. Well, that's why we have this podcast, so people know who to reach out to for help and support and to talk to. So thank you for this. This was really interesting. I learned a few things, and I hope that all of our listeners did too, and that if you feel like you're suffering from some symptoms of PTSD or you know somebody who is, whether it's a child or um, a parent or a spouse, mm-hmm or a friend that you maybe share this episode with them and um, link them up with some resources. And you can always contact Matt through his website, www.matthollow.com. Mm-hmm. Our last name is spelled kind of weird, so I'll spell it out. It's M-A-T-T-H-O-L-L-O, no W, dot com. And um, he's all set up to start seeing clients in july Mm -hmm. but he's doing eft coaching now so sure we are and we're going to be accepting insurance that's yep which is a big deal so yep all right thanks again matt 
Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out thrivetribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. You can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. Keep thriving.